It's Monday, June 15th, and State Senator Rob Hogue joins us to talk COVID-19 numbers. I'm Paige Godden, and this is The Daily Dome. Hey everyone, this is going to be the last Daily Dome podcast of 2020 since state lawmakers passed a budget and ended the session Sunday afternoon. It seemed Friday things would end on a high note as Governor Kim Reynolds signed a bill that put tougher restrictions on the use of chokeholds and arrests and prevents police officers fired for misconduct from being hired in the state. But then Republicans in the Senate forced votes all night Saturday and didn't stop until the sun came up on Sunday. In that marathon session, Republicans were able to pass a bill that will require Iowa's Secretary of State to seek approval from a panel of lawmakers before changing election procedures. That measure would have prevented Secretary of State Paul Pate from sending out absentee ballots to every registered voter before the June primary without lawmakers' consent. The Republican-led legislature also managed to pass a 24-hour waiting period for women who are seeking abortions, and the Senate failed to pass a constitutional amendment to restore felon voting rights. Now, I know there are plenty of folks working to fight back on a few of the things that happened this weekend, but for now, all I can do is encourage you to vote this November. In the meantime, volunteer your time, your money, or whatever you can. I also want to remind you to stay safe, because this pandemic isn't over yet. That's why I want to leave you with one last interview with State Senator Rob Hogue on why he's closely been tracking the COVID-19 cases in Iowa. Thanks for listening and follow Potluck Media on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to stay up to date on what's going on in Iowa. Let's jump to the interview with Senator Rob Hogue now. When Governor Reynolds uh, lifted restrictions in 77 counties, uh, announcing that on April 27th, taking effect on May 1st, I began tracking uh, them, uh, tracking the data on a county by county basis for two reasons. One is I wanted to see if the lifting of the restrictions made any difference. And then two is I wanted people to be aware of where things were working and where things weren't working in the hopes that we could make adjustments in the policies to keep Iowans safe, uh, reduce the spread and hopefully stop the spread of this disease and allow us to get back to more normal economic activity. And so that's why I started. Uh, I wanted to make sure people knew and I wanted to help inform decision making. Okay, so I mean, you're tracking this closer than I mean, I think anyone else I've seen. What have you learned along the way? Well, uh, I've learned that there's a a wide uh, variation in how this disease is affecting people. And, you know, just for example, right now, um, it is much more rampant in Fulton County than it is in Lynn County. Uh, We have had over the last week, uh, we've had uh, 43 cases over the last eight days, which is actually up just a little bit. But then that same time period, Fulton County has had uh, well over 400 cases. And if you did it on a per capita basis, uh, Lynn County looks much better. And, the, and one of the key indications that I've only been able to track since May 17th is how many tests are being performed in each county. So for a while, people were saying, well, they're only, people are only finding more cases because they're doing more testing. And obviously, if you're not doing testing, you're not finding cases. But the fact of the matter is, is that it depends on whether there is the disease present or not. 
Uh, so uh, our test rate in Lynn County over the last eight days has been under 2%. Today we were under 1%. So for 100 tests in Lynn County, we had less than one case. Well, in Polk County, it's been over 10%, and today it's it was 7.8%, which means if you do that same 100 tests in Polk County, you're coming up with almost eight cases or um, eight times as much COVID-19 in Polk County right now than there is in Lynn County. And, and, and those sorts of facts should be helping us inform our decisions. And, and right now, I'll just, I just put a tweet out today on it. I, I have been uh, sounding the alarm about the Iowa Great Lakes region up near Lake Okoboji. Uh, the five counties around there have been rapidly increasing cases and have a very high test rate. And that's a sign that there's widespread community spread of COVID-19 and they've got to get on top of it or else they're in danger, I think, of losing their entire summer season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any idea what's what's causing that spread up there? Well, you know, I don't have, I don't ha I actually don't have that except uh, I have heard anecdotally from people who I know who uh, either live up there or have visited the Iowa Great Lakes recently that they are not you know, that they're sort of not recognizing the need for masking and social distancing. And uh, the consequence of that is, is much faster and more and much wider spread of the disease. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, have you been able to put any of the information that you're collecting to practical use then? Uh, well, I, I have uh, in the a sense that I've been able to try to give it some advice, not that necessarily the other people are taking it. Uh, and, you know, in the legislature, uh, when we were debating the what may be the only coronavirus bill we do, which was the uh, Republican bill that they have now passed to uh, provide immunity for property owners and business owners from their own negligence, if they're negligent in spreading coronavirus, uh, and that was a bill I did not support, but, but I, I, was, I was able to use the data in that debate on the floor to say, hey, we actually need to do, if we're gonna do this, which we shouldn't do, but if we're gonna do this, we need to do more to safeguard people. Because if you don't have property owners and businesses owners under any legal responsibility to exercise reasonable care, we need more government policy to keep people safe. And Senator Peterson had a great proposal to require notice to the public if there was a single case at a business or in a governmental facility. And unfortunately, Republicans voted that down. So, uh, you know, uh, it really has fallen on Iowans to play a leadership role because of the lack of leadership from Governor Reynolds and legislative Republicans to try to stop the spread of this disease. Yeah, why have you kept this going? Like, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are tuned out now. Why, why is this important for you to, to keep doing well, it? Well, uh, first of all, I wanna know, and it's important information for us to have, uh, Paige, but I will say that in addition to that, um, there are a lot of people who are watching these details on my, so I'm putting it both on Twitter and Facebook, and, and I just invite Iowans to look at that at Senator Rob Hogue on Twitter or, uh, 
any of my uh, Facebook pages. I've got a legislative page, a campaign page, a personal page. Uh, go ahead and look at it. You can follow on a day-to-day -day basis. And I will say that if people want details about the specific counties that they live in, um, I'm more than happy to provide that on an individualized basis. I've done that for about a dozen people who have emailed me and asked for the data for their own county. And I can go back to May 17th on the testing, uh, the day-to-day -day testing and the day-to-day -day new cases, uh, as well as the day-to-day -day new deaths back to May 11th is when I began tracking deaths by county on a daily basis. And if people want that information, just email me and I'll get it to you. It's uh, Rob, uh, R-O-B dot Hogue, H-O-G-G, at Legis, L-E-G-I-S dot Iowa dot gov, G-O-V. Okay, excellent. Um, so, I mean, the first time things really started open ba opening back up here in Iowa was sometime around Labor Day weekend. Um, and I heard a lot of people kind of speculating, um, just wait until two weeks after Labor Day and these numbers are going to start to jump back up. Um, have you seen any of that yet or do you think that's going to happen? Or Well, actually, the, the new cases in Iowa are up. Uh, now, testing is also finally uh been higher. Uh, we're now usually getting to the 5,000 test mark, um, but the the test rate, the percentage of um, tests that show COVID-19 uh, has not gone down as much as I was hoping as the testing went up, and it is now starting to tick back up. So I do think there are some indications that it may be, uh, that the rates may be creeping back up, and I'm going to be watching out for that very carefully. That said, Paige, if you look at Dickinson County in the Great Lakes region, so that's Osceola, Clay, Palo Alto, and Emmett County, those five counties, their numbers are clearly up since Memorial Day. And uh, I just, you know, you got to have a big red warning sign. Hey, you better stop it now before you turn into the next university county. And that what's happening there is just absolutely tragic. And we had warning signs in early May uh, that that was going to happen. And that's in my data, that the day-to-day -day data I've been tracking, and unfortunately, um, Governor uh, Reynolds and and nobody else uh, uh, took uh, action, and and now we're up to a point where I think it's over seven percent of the population of Buena Vista County now has coronavirus, which is which is very high. And I saw uh, Megan uh, uh, Serenovus, who's an infectious disease doctor in Fort Dodge. Um, she said that that's now higher than any of the bureaus in New York City, uh, that coronavirus is now more prevalent in Buena Vista County than it was in any of the bureaus in New York City. And that's that's just a, a tragedy. Uh, so far, four residents of Buena Vista County have died. Uh, fingers crossed that no, no others die. Uh, but this disease is very serious. It's uh, very damaging for the people. Who, who, for some of the people who get it, and of course it's deadly, and we've lost over 640 Iowans now from this disease, which makes it a top 10 killer for the year, and it is on pace to be the number three killer in Iowa this year behind cancer and heart disease. Yeah, I mean, those, those are some pretty big numbers. Why don't you suppose some folks are taking this more seriously? Well, you know, I think people, I think the psychology of it is people think they're healthy, and they think, well, I'll, I'll be okay. Uh, there are two problems with that. Uh, first of all, this is a novel coronavirus. 
So you might be generally healthy and you might have feel like you have natural immunity. You don't have any natural immunity to this uh, COVID-19, to the coronavirus of 2019, because it's a, it's a, new, uh, it's a new virus. So that's part of it. And the second thing is, I just think don't think people really understand this idea that you can spread the disease without symptoms, which is called asymptomatic or more accurately, maybe pre-symptomatic. And so they're cavalier about it. And that even if they're going to be okay, if they get it, the fact is you can spread it to other people who are more vulnerable. And so that's senior citizens, people with heart disease, uh, people with other underlying immune deficiencies, um, people who have pre-existing respiratory problems, uh, people with diabetes are at an elevated risk. Uh, Tara Collinsworth in Black Hawk County from uh, Focus on Diabetes, I'll get to about that. So, so we need people to be safe for themselves, for their loved ones in the community. And that means, hey, uh, wear a mask, uh, keep your distance, uh, minimize uh, large gatherings and, and your, your trips to the public. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if things were going your way, what would you have people doing? Would they still be at home? Would you see more masks? I mean, what, what would you like people to be doing right now? Well, um, unfortunately, Governor Reynolds did not do it. So we had sort of this piecemeal approach. And I think a lot of people have gotten um, sort of sheltered home fatigue, which is very unfortunate. Uh, but what what was the, what, what we needed was uh, what we needed was a hard quarantine for two weeks and try to stop the spread of this disease. But regardless of whether we had that or not, what we need to do is um, stay home if possible. Uh, doesn't mean you have to, but minimize your trips to the public. Wear a mask. Keep your distance when you're out. And here's the biggest thing, Paige. If we can get the new case numbers down and the test rate down like we have in Lynn County, uh, very pleased today that our that we only had three new cases on 388 tests. That's a sign that that number is now low enough that we can trace those limited number of people who have it and find out who they've been in contact with, test who they had contact with, and isolate every single person who has the infection, who tests with the infection, and quite honestly, that's something I, I wish we would be exploring more is the idea of paid isolation to make sure people who have it will stay home and isolate for at least two weeks. Um, if we had, if we got the numbers down, I think that kind of trace, test, and isolate, isolate strategy could work on an ongoing basis. Uh, but, but right now, the numbers in a place like Polk County where there are 68 new cases today on 880 tests, that's just too high to do that kind of intense contact tracing and testing and isolation uh, that we really uh, need. I want to say one other thing that I'm very hopeful about. I do believe that with improvements in the treatment of this disease, that we can make it less dangerous and less deadly for people and that will help us get back to normal and for example down at the university of iowa hospitals and clinics now they have over a 99 percent survival rate from the people who have come into the hospital with coronavirus that is extraordinary because if you just look at the numbers 
uh, for how we're that for how we're doing statewide, um, we're at about three percent of everybody who has tested positive with it. That's everybody who has tested positive with it. About three percent of them are dying. Well, at the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics, where it's just people who have been hospitalized with it, they have over a ninety-nine percent uh, survival rate. So, so that type of thing where we improve our treatment, where we get early treatment, where we where we our medical community is doing a great job of learning from this, uh, I think that gives me some hope too. And we should be supporting those efforts. So, if we can reduce the numbers, trace, test, and isolate and then have much more effective treatment, I think we can get ourselves in a position where we can survive this epidemic, but just a big SOS, we're not there yet. Uh, we need Iowans to watch this data, and, and if you're in one of these communities that has very high uh, test rates and very high new case numbers, like Polk County, like Buena Vista County, like Wright County, like Crawford County, like the Iowa Great Lakes region, um, like Hamilton County. If you're in one of those counties with very high cases and a very high test rate, you must do more to stop the spread because that's the only way we're going to end this thing and get out, of, get out of this mess we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I won't take up too much more of your time here, but is there anything else that you discovered um, that you want people to know before I let you go? Well, um, you know, I've been... Uh, uh, I've been uh, amazed at how interested people in Iowa are, are about this information. I've been very, uh, uh, very, uh, you know, pleased and surprised by the number of Iowans who are following the data I'm providing. And uh, I think that's good. I think citizens are engaged. Uh, it, you know, obviously we're disappointed with other people who aren't, but uh, with good, strong public education, uh, you know, even without the leadership we need from Governor Reynolds and the legislative Republicans, I think we can uh, get on top of this disease and, and hopefully uh, get it to a minimum position where we really can um, survive it and hopefully start to get back to normal, maybe even sometime later this summer, but we're not there yet in most parts of Iowa. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks, Paige, and uh, uh, stay safe. And again, if people want to contact me directly, please uh, send me an email or follow my uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook accounts. The Daily Dome is a product of Potluck Media. For more information and to hear our other podcasts, visit potluck.fm.